I'm Elise Lasky, a senior video director here at Kramer. And I'm Trip Underwood, a creative director at Kramer. And at Kramer, we work with so many incredibly fascinating people from all over multiple industries. We have so many great conversations, many that are just too good to keep to ourselves. So now we're sharing them with the world. Right here from Kramer Studios. This is Pivot Points. All right. Um, I guess you guys have both worked here for pretty much your entire adult lives. Cleek coming back. That There's got to be something there. Um, what do you see for the future? You know, you're at different stages. You've been here the whole time. You've seen a lot of change. What are you thinking about for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years? What, what keeps you coming in every day? And what do you hope to see the company grow into? Well, I can say this. Um, I've been here for it's closing in on 40 years, which is oh, wow. really, crazy. that's a little scary, a little crazy. <laughs> it's your crema um, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, for 40 years, I mean, I've come into work and I, I've i always said it's important for me. I'm going to spend most of my life at a place. I want to love where I go. Mm-hmm. I want to love the people I work with and I want to love the values of that company. Mm-hmm. And um, that, I think, combined with the changes that we've gone through every day is exciting. I'm learning something new still to this day. I learn something new every day or try to learn something new. And now I'm at the phase of my career now where I'm trying to teach something Mm. new every day. And I think the combination of those two makes, um, you know, it's really fulfilling and um, exciting. And I, I, I think my hope is that for the next 20 or 30 years, we will sort of keep this cycle going on of, you know, learning, of loving where you where you are and teaching um, all at the same time. So yeah. that's, that's it for from me. from within. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I would agree, Rich. I mean, I think certainly first and foremost, you know, you, you want to walk into a, a building and work with people you're kind of excited about. I think that we've got a, you know, we've, I think to our credit, we've done a, a great job with sort of the culture and the energy that's within the building and uh, the people are, are great. So I think you certainly enjoy to, to work with them. You know, we also talk about you know we're we're not we're not on some quest to sort of be this this big agency. I think that we're really trying to focus on being you know exceptional. And you know, though we've been around for for forty years, I really feel like we're we're still pretty young at heart. I think that our best days you know are really ahead of us. And I think the exciting part is working with seeing you've got great people and just also being just seeing the the opportunity that really yeah. is in front of us as a as a group and as a company. That's going to be leading to success and development of people as well, but it's a, it's a bright future and it's fun to come into work every day and it's great to be part of it. And, and certainly a guy like this next door, I, I can't, I can't say enough for regards to, <laughs> no, and honestly, I mean, I can't say enough for regards I, to I hear Rich. you calling me old. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I'm old too. <laughs> I'm old too. Talk to me a little bit about internal stakeholders and buy-in, because that is also something yes. you and I know well, that yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of very important stakeholders within the C-suite or C-suite sure. adjacent that, as you said, this is not a full-time job for them. So right. they might come in with some real strong opinions without knowing right. big picture stuff yep. or have big access to big picture stuff that the marketing teams don't know about yet. And there's a right, little disconnect right, right. there. Um, any advice that you could give people on how to make that process a little bit smoother, a little bit more efficient, shall we say? I mean, I think it is about those conversations, right? Mm-hmm. If the events team or the event lead is yep. talking to like me, for example, mm-hmm. the, the lead for marketing, 
maybe we can strategize together. And if we kind of like rising tide lifts all boats, yep. can a few of us who are, are big stakeholders and are active in the event and putting on the event together go to the executives and are aligned, mm-hmm. right? That we think it's going to be Valentine's Day this year. Yep. So how do we sell Valentine's Day as the theme? Or, you know, we want to go really persona focused. So how do we do that? Because if it's just the event person talking in one ear and me talking in the other ear and we're not aligned, we're not going to get that buy-in from the executives. Right. Yeah. The, and then it seems like a disjointed message to the executive, you know, the, the devil and angel on the shoulder yes. analogy. And yeah, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not exactly. being able to make heads or tails out right. of it either. And, I, and <laughs> right. I also think the timing of that message probably matters Correct. too, right? Yeah. You can't just do it in October to your point when it's a full sprint. It's having that foresight to say, let's step back earlier. Right. And I think if I look at, you know, the piece that I generally own, general session, let's say I think this year we should do five general sessions instead of three. Okay. Well, if we have that conversation in October, the events team may have already worked with the user session team to say, nope, we have full three days of user sessions. You can't change general Mm -hmm. session. But if we as a team start that conversation in like July, July still may be too late, we can like really look at the event as a whole holistically instead of everybody just bringing their little pieces to it. I'm curious, when looking at DE&I, how important would you say is there to recognize the difference between equity and the difference in inclusion? Because they're, they're one and the same, but also very different. Yeah. They work together, but yeah. also they're not yeah. the same thing. <laughs> right. Absolutely. They're partners. But it's interesting when you were talking, it's like, people say DE&I as if it's one thing, right? right we right. just kind of run it together, right? Mm-hmm. But it is important. So I really appreciate your asking that question because one of the things that I will start with with a client is defining diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I know you ask about inclusion and equity. I want to add diversity into that just to give a bigger picture, like what are all the, these things and how distinguishable they are. So, you know, I start with diversity because years ago I was traveling around the world doing training and I would ask the question, and whenever I got a response, it could be so many different things. Mm. So when we, right? So when people think about diversity, they're really thinking about what are the many differences? Who's in the room? Uh, they're counting heads, right? Who's represented, mm-hmm. which is something that you definitely need to think about, particularly when you're planning events, right? And then we have to think about inclusion. So we might have a lot of difference in our midst. We might have a lot of different people representing different identity groups, but what is the experience? the inclusion experience. And by that, I mean, when people feel included, it's, do I feel like I am respected? Mm. I'm expected to be here. I'm represented. I am heard. I'm integrated. I'm actually a part of what's going on here, not just here counted as one of many You're not just a number and a percentage, but you're really like represented and included in the conversation. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, when we think about equity, one of my clients recently said, well, aren't they the same, right? Mm. To your question, aren't equity and inclusion the same? And they really are not. So when I think about inclusion, I think about the experience as I just described. But when I think about equity, I think about what are the skills that each one of us need, particularly if we're in a leadership position, to make sure that we are noticing who's here, Mm. We are noticing how we can integrate them, right? Where, you know, where do I meet them? Yeah, at the point of, you know, how do they enter our organization? And it's not about how can I help them, but it's like meeting people at the point of their need, noticing where they are, and then meeting them there so that you can give them access, equitable access to what 
what's going on, what you brought them into your organization to do. You're making sure that they have the tools to do what you've hired them to do. Yeah. And it's right. And it's important to think about mindset because often people are like, you know, I'm going to help these people. Right. But instead, if I am equitable, I'm thinking about everybody where they are and I'm thinking about how I can facilitate their ability to do their job because they have mm. the ability. Yeah. One of the right. Let me just give an example of how this really came a home for me. As somebody that has review processes for all the marketing I do, none are more dreaded than the uh, healthcare or pharmaceutical review board because you have doctors, you have lawyers, you have lawyers that are also doctors, you have uh, grammaticians, I find often. So <laughs> yes. talk to me a little True. bit about um, mm-hmm. what goes into a review process for, for a healthcare client and, and how you approach that as, as two people that have worked in this field for a while. Like, what are you thinking as you make and then how are you pivoting as you're getting feedback from, from those boards? Right. Talk about being in your own head. I mean, <laughs> you must feel like this too. Every word that I write, I scrutinize. Yeah. I scrutinize it. Is it medically accurate? Is it going to cause any legal issues that I can foresee? I can't always know. And then is it within the bounds of the regulatory environment that we're playing in? So I scrutinize everything. And then when you're done, does it read well? Because you check all those boxes, it might be like, oh, this is great. If you're a robot, this is perfect. Exactly. So, and I feel like, again, having a really good, solid, creative partner helps with that. Nice. Of, you know, it's all there. Now let's punch it up here or right. let's do, or maybe the give back happens more in a design and creative mm-hmm. layer than it can in the content. You don't always have room to play in the content, but you might have places that you can help it be more readable, yep. more interesting, or just visually a little bit of a break. So I'll, I'll always, um, because Jill and I are such good friends, <laughs> you know, Jill, can we say this instead of this, you know, and often if we can, and it, is better or yeah. makes sense in any kind of way at all. You know, she says, sure, or actually, okay, I see what your problem is here. Like, let's rewrite it to this. Um, and then there's just times where it's like, we have to write is... that. We have to say that. We have to include all that information. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, then we deal with that. Right. Um, but we rules. want it to be, you know, we have a great respect for everybody that is, you know, has their hand on our pamphlet mm-hmm. or is watching a video or is reading our websites, you know. Um, and we want them to, we don't want to make them do any extra work than they need to do in their lives, you know, be it a patient or or a HCP or anyone in between. Um, we want to give it to them as, as best we can.